the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Feast of Purim. You ever wondered what that feast is? Have you ever heard of it before? It's found here in the Book of Esther, and it is a feast that God institutes. We're going to find out why and what it's all about here today on Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward begins our final wind down of our look at the Book of Esther. It's a celebration of our lot in life as it relates to our relationship with Christ and how he purchased that relationship. It is a decree to observe two days and so much more. And it is all straight ahead. Join us for the rest of this week as we take a look at the Feast of Purim. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. If you will, turn back in your Bibles to the book of Esther. We are at the last stage of this drama of redemption, this glorious testimony of God's goodness in the life of his people. And I trust that if you've been working with us through this series, you have seen yourself in the people of God. You have seen yourself in even the wicked one. And you have seen yourself redeemed by one who loves you more than you love yourself. Does that make sense? We try to be honest with God because an honest man won't go to hell. I've been saying that for decades, and I'm more confident about that than ever. He requires truth from the inward part, and from the hidden part, he'll reveal Jesus to you as your only way of escape. And by the time you hit the dust, the only thing you want to know is Jesus' name. That's the only thing you want to know, is Jesus' name. That's right, because this whole book is a hymn book. It's about him and his glory. And if the Spirit of God is your dance instructor, he'll show you the patterns of redemptive rhythm in Jesus Christ, because that's how you and I get through this crazy world. So one of the things I want to press home as we close this glorious book that I've told you uh, existed somewhere in the 6th century B.C., uh, 5th century B.C., um, a book that was controversial to the children of Israel for several reasons. It really does lay down a dark, dark history for them, even though its outcome is quite bright and optimistic. The only reason that would be a problem for them and you and me is because we don't really believe that the Bible means what it says when it says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We really don't believe the book when it says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, a menstrual cloth, something that is so unclean that God can't accept it at all. You and I struggle with the reality that we are black in and out. I don't care what color you are ethnically. We're black in and out because of our rebellion and disobedience against God and that the only thing that can make us right 
is the blood of Jesus Christ. And we struggle with God's providence too. Tell the truth. We don't always like the dance steps. We don't like the moves that God does. But one of these days, you're going to learn how to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. When you try to do this dance all by yourself and he lets your hands go because you let his go, you're going to find yourself skating all over the ice, realizing that you're out of control. You can't govern anything, not even your own thoughts. Then you're going to say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, a precious fountain. See, and this is what our brothers and sisters in the book of Esther are learning as we close out. What a difference a day has made. And I want to press home the significance of this feast Purim because it actually is the most accurate analogy to Christmas that we have in the Bible. It is the most accurate representation of the characteristics of Christmas that we have in the Bible. That's why those of us who believe the Bible, we respect holidays. We respect birthdays. We respect special days. We respect weddings and we respect funerals because all of them are days that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in them. And I hope to help you see that memorials are simply expressions of honor to a sovereign God who saw you in your mess came where your mess was, brought you out of your mess, brought you into his blessing, and he didn't even have to tell you because from that day on, you mark the day that God brought you out. You thank him for that day, and you often memorialize that day that he brought you out. We observe the Lord's table, as you're going to see in the text, and the Lord's table becomes an emblem of this whole drama of redemption by the children of Israel. Trouble and then triumph wrath, and then righteousness. God's justice poured out upon sin, and yet God's mercy found in the same place. This is what Esther means in verse 1 of chapter 9 when she said, God, turn the tables on us. See, you're going to get that one day that God can turn tables. I think I heard that this morning in Sunday school. God can turn your messy flow of blood into a day of glorious redemption and healing. God can turn tables. Um, and again, I, I really want you to grasp the message from all five senses of your being, because when God called you to hearing, he called you to more than just cerebral intellectual hearing. He's called you to whole body hearing. And that takes the spirit of God for you to be able to actually submit yourself to the text of scripture at the level of smelling and tasting and hearing and seeing and feeling what the narrator is saying going on in the text. This is what it means when it says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. If you and I are way too far withdrawn from the text, the text means nothing. The text means nothing. And we can't hear from God. And we've got to hear from God. Now, the title of our message is The Feast of Purim, Honoring God's Mercy to Us Where? honoring God's mercy to it. Because mercy always comes by the Father through the Son. You do know that, right? Christ is our mercy seat, is he not? He's the place that undeserving sinners find mercy. God will never meet a man anywhere but in Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father, what? And these Jews are coming back to God only because of a man who stood in the gap for them. 
to do for them what they couldn't do for themselves. Now, can you think about this with me? One day they are perplexed. The next day they are feasting and rejoicing and giving glory to God. That's what Purim is all about, honoring God's mercy. The word Purim, as I have told you already, means to simply cast lots. Purim is the plural form of it, the casting of lots, the casting of lots. And I said this before, whether you know it or not, the devil has lots, but God has lots more. I'm teaching today, you better get it. The devil has lots, and he has a lot to give you when you don't know God. When you're not walking in the promises of God, when you're not standing on the premises of God, the devil has lots to give you. He came to Jesus. He says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. But Jesus said unto him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. You may have a lot, devil, but God has lots more. Now watch this. Watch this. Every true believer in Christ, every chosen sinner in Christ has a lot given to them by God. Every true believer in Christ, every chosen sinner in Christ who has come yet to know Christ has a lot in Christ. They just have to come to know it. And you who have been in Christ a long time by faith in him through the gospel, you should know something about the lot that you have. You should know something about the inheritance that you have. You should know something about the portion that you have. You should know something about the riches and the wealth that you have in Jesus Christ. We walk around way too poverty stricken in our mind because we don't know what we have. And the reason we don't know what we have is because we don't know who we have. These Jews are rejoicing on this day because not only have they been delivered from their foes, but they are explicitly manifest as being honored by God and triumphing over their enemies. And the two most powerful people in the world are their kinfolk. If that's not the gospel, I don't know what is. See, this is a happy day. And that's why I want you to feel this day as we work through the text. I want you to feel this day. I want you to feel what it's like to be under a sentence of death. And then the next day, ruling over your foes with the greatest of security and confidence. Do you understand what kind of release that is in your soul? What kind of freedom that is in your soul? How that provokes jubilation and excitement and the kind of joy that you want everybody in the world to know. God is my salvation and my light. Whom shall I fear? See, children of God, we don't gospel the gospel today as we ought to gospel the gospel. We're ho-hum because we're not celebrating what God has done for us in Christ. Am I making some sense? See, I just want you to feel it today. I want you to feel it today. Here's the problem. Now, if God hasn't delivered you from a great deliverance, then you have nothing to rejoice in. But if you can do what Miriam did with her million sisters, then you can dance with God as God dances with you, taking you through the Red Sea into your destiny. But see, the saints don't have that vision. And where there is no vision, the people perish. My heart breaks. Because the key to the vision is Scripture. The key to the vision is Scripture. And men and women think they will triumph and and victor and advance and prosper without God's Word. It will never happen. 
prosperity only comes by going deep with God in his word. Only by going deep, because it's there that God reveals his glory. The secret of the Lord is with them that what? Fear him, and he will show them his covenant. It's always a matter of you delighting yourself in God's statutes, precepts, so that God reveals to you his promises and his purposes and his power in the person of his son. And then the next thing you know, you're experiencing providences of that reality. See, we all need God to really show up in our life, don't we? We all really need him to show up in our life because we have many days of perplexity. In the world, you shall have what? Right? But be a good cheer. Right? So is your cheer the cheer of Christ on his throne? Or is your cheer temporary, carnal, earthly deliverances? See what I'm getting at? We talked about it on this Saturday in our DOG. It's called a grown folk joy. A grown folk joy. A grown folk joy is the joy that comes at the end because God can't what? Lie? God can't what? Change? And God can't what? Right. See, so grown folk joy allows you to make it through your trouble knowing that there's an end to it. And when God shows up, he's going to bless you in your latter end way more than your former distress. Do you believe that principle? Do you believe the Bible teaches he meant it for evil, but God meant it for good? Do you believe that the Bible teaches that where sin abound, grace doth much more abound? Do you believe that? Because that's the nature of grace. And therefore, we embrace trouble because in trouble, we get to see where we are and where God is. It's only when we're not going through trouble that we act a fool. Raise it, raise it, raise it. We get to thinking crazy, planning crazy, talking crazy, acting crazy, and doing crazy like we never met God. And then when God sends trouble, oh, Lord. And you know what he does every time? He comes and delivers us, doesn't he? Point number one, the celebration of our lot. Point number one, I want to quickly work into pressure, into the mechanism, the process. You need to be able to always understand process. We are such shallow Christians today in our present world. We, we, we want God to give us the gifts, give us the blessings, but we don't, we don't want to watch God as he does it. See, really, your joy should be in the God that gives you the gift, not the gift. And what that would mean is I want to know more about who he is and how he works as he's working to bless me with the blessings that I don't deserve. The end game for me is not the blessing, but the blessor. Because this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life, not blessings, the blessor. God is life. And what I want is God. I want him in every part of his being. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, that I might be conformed to his son through suffering and then be raised again. That's the pattern and rhythm of life, isn't it? Suffering and bondage, captivity, crying out, God delivering, God delivering, suffering and bondage, captivity, crying out, and God delivering. That's your lot. That's our lot. We're not in glory yet. We always got potholes to fill, don't we? There's always potholes on this road. And every now and then, you stuck on the side of the road. Is that true? Stuck on the side of the road. That's the nature of it. So under the celebration of our lot, David said in Psalm 16, verse 5, the lot has fallen out unto me in pleasant places. Do y'all remember that? 
That's a messianic psalm. If you read it deeply, it's about Jesus. It's the same place where he promises that his, his, his flesh would rest in hope and his soul would be delivered from hell. God would not leave the Holy One in the grave. That's that same messianic psalm. So when David says in Psalm 16, verse 5, the lot has fallen out to me in pleasant places, you know who's speaking there? Jesus. Because God has given Jesus the whole thing, has he not? And when you are in Christ, you have the whole thing too. When you're in Christ, you have the whole thing. I simply want you to rejoice with David in your own lot and say this with me. The lot has fallen out for me in pleasant places. Do you believe that? The lot has fallen out for me in pleasant places. Can you say it? The lot has fallen out for me in pleasant places. So you need to be able to believe that. It was Daniel who got that revelatory vision of the end time and the processes that would lead up to it for which he cried out as the first baton holder, right? We learned that deliverance only comes through what? Prayer. So Daniel's praying in Daniel chapter 9 and God's revealing. Prayer leads to revelation. So God's revealing to Daniel what's really going on because Daniel's heart is broken. From a child, remember, he's in Babylon. He's been there 60, 70 years, more than 70 years now. He's about 97 years old and wondering what is God up to. And when God begins to reveal to him the condition and state of the people of God, Verses where they should be, he cries out to God in Daniel 9 in what we call intercessory prayer. Now, when you do an inter- intercessory prayer, it's never a personal, possessive, singular pronoun. It's amazing to me. I'm not going to let this be a long aside, but since I'm talking about prayer, please get this. Your prayers are nowhere near as biblical when you are going, my, 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 my. And I hear it all the time with the saints. My, 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 my. Had to correct my brother Jan last night about sin. He was owning his sin, going my, 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 my. I said, scoot over, brother. It's our, 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 our. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when you pray, pray like this, our daddy, not my daddy, our daddy, which is in heaven. Hallowed be his name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? Give us, not me. It's only one body of Christ. Once we narrow our prayers down to my, we have severed ourselves from the body and we're going to miss out on the blessing. If you're going to bless me, God bless them too. If you're going to bless me, bless my wife too. Bless my children too. Bless my grandchildren too. Bless my church too. Bless the saints right along with blessing me. I don't even want to be blessed if they're not blessed. Are you getting it? Right. And so this is what we're learning. Daniel was told after he prayed and God revealed to him, it's going to work out all right. He says, I want you to stand in your lot, brother. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Stand in your lot because in the end of days, it's all going to work out and you're going to enter into your inheritance too. See, that's grown folk joy. You live standing in your lot. The children of Israel had their inheritances carved out by Joshua to them. Each one had a lot. Each tribe had a lot, did they not? That was an inheritance. That was a gift from God. And as I told you last week, before we fell into sin, we had possessing grace. God just plopped us down in the middle of his blessings and said, enjoy. But we opened the door to the devil and he ended up taking it from us. Now we're in a mode of called what? Obtaining grace. 
We got to go to where the blessing is. And we got to get there. And you know how we got to get there? Fight. We got to fight our way back into the blessing. Israel been fighting ever since God called them out of Egypt, haven't they? This has been a warfare from the beginning, hasn't it? God saved you and brought you into a warfare, didn't he? I mean, for about five minutes, you enjoyed being saved, didn't you? And then after that five minutes, you realized that you had an issue given to you. You had an issue given to you. You had a big old box given to you. Do you know what was in that box? Armor. You had some gear given to you. Five minutes after rejoicing, you had a number given. You were in the Lord's army. Now it's time to strap it on. Put on the whole armor of God. Every piece of the artillery that you might stand against the wiles of the devil. See, we don't make a category for understanding the gospel is only retained and enjoyed in a fight, a good fight of faith in order that we might lay hold of eternal life. Y'all get that? Stay with me now. I don't care what your position is. Wherever you are, the adversary is going to try you right there. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, lurks looking, seeking to find anyone he can devour who has decided not to put their armor on today. Now, what do you think you look like in the field of battle without gear on? Everybody else got gear on, but you don't. If we love you, we're telling you to climb down in the foxhole, cover your head and pray while we fight. Because we can't use you without gear on. Am I making some sense? We can't use you. You're going to be a casualty real quick. We're going to be spending more time trying to heal you than using you as part of the team of striving together for the cause of the gospel. And so our text is telling us to understand that we have a lot and an inheritance. But here are the three subpoints that I want you to capture. Stay with me. The text is clear in our account that where we are in chapter 9 and 10 is a consequence of chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. And I call this the evil of a sinful decree acknowledged. Remember the decree was given by the king because Haman had actually deceived the king in destroying the people. Remember that? He never told them who it was. He never told them that it was the Jews. He never told them, and he was able to surreptitiously slander them and get a decree to kill them. Well, we acknowledge, do we not, that the whole human race has fallen through the mediatorial work of a devil who is a slanderer. Do we acknowledge that? Do we acknowledge that the reason why our world is in the mess that it's in is not because of God, but because of the devil and our letting him in? Do we acknowledge that? Do we acknowledge that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? We acknowledge that. And we acknowledge that the wages of sin is what? That's exactly right. And you and I are under the curse of sin. We acknowledge that. When I look out over the auditorium, I know some of you who have been with us for 10 years and 20 years. Can I say something? Sin is having its way on your body. It's having its way on your pastor's body right now. Y'all remember how good I looked 10 years ago? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember how handsome I was 20 years ago? Sin is having its way on our body. You must understand that a funeral is an artificial place. It was never meant by God to be normative. When you come to a funeral service, always say it wasn't meant to be this way. This is a problem. 
until God comes again and fix this body of ours, which is also part of the inheritance. So we acknowledge the sinful decree. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.